Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. From Jerusalem, this is Middle East Review, a monthly report about what has happened in our lovely region. I'm Amir Oren, sitting in for Ambassador Daniel Elon, who is away. And with me, as always, you are here always, <laughs> uh, retired Colonel Dr. Aran Lerman. Hello, Aran. Hi, Amir, you are the ambassador of the seventh power. That's, that's true. Um, I uh, am... Uh, bearing this honor uh, dutifully and modestly, of course. So, Aran, um, it seems as if uh, over the uh, last month, um, we have been shunted aside from our usual uh, middle place, uh, if not senior position in world affairs. Uh, turbulence is all around us in the Ukraine, in the Indo-Pacific uh, region, and elsewhere, not, not to mention, of course, uh, Britain. Euro- European politics. Right, the revolving uh, door of uh, uh, British and Italian uh, prime ministerships and, and the rest. Uh, the, the Indo-Pacific is coming to Britain because it looks that, as if the next prime minister of, Indi- of Britain will be, for the first time, that, a former... That, that's true, um, and interesting uh, development, and um, obviously... Um, Field Marshal Mountbatten uh, and uh, uh, Prime Minister Nehru uh, would have been delighted. Uh, Edwina, or even more so. Uh, that's, yeah. that's true. Uh, the um, yeah, the wife the world of, is of the Viceroy. Um, so are we not as interesting as we used to be, or is it a matter of priorities? Well, it's clearly a matter of priorities. And uh, you know Washington very well, and Washington has always been a one-issue town. And, and the issue now, well, there's the big issue, and that was very clearly outlined in the new uh, national security strategy document that just came out, uh, is China and the rise of the non-democratic challenge to the West writ large. But the uh, issue de jour is, of course, the Russian war. And there is a, c- a clear connection, because in the mind of the Biden administration, uh, Burns, others who are managing the uh, U.S. support system for the Ukrainians, a, uh, a failure of Putin's adventure would send a very powerful message to all others in the non-democratic camp. But we have now entered the ninth month of the Russia-Ukraine war, Indeed. which, short of a diplomatic solution can go on for many more months or perhaps years. Does that mean that we are doomed to play second fiddle here? Well, possibly, but there is clearly one ticking time bomb or or ticking clock, namely the Iranian enrichment program and 
drive towards a um, breakout situation uh, at the point in which they will have enough fissile material for a bomb. This is coming ever closer. Um, the negotiations have collapsed. By now, there are three reasons, major reasons, uh, at least three, why the Iranians um, will not easily be welcomed back uh, in Vienna. One is, of course, the internal situation in Iran, which has besmirched their image worldwide. Uh, the which was very clean beforehand. Well, uh, it was moot. And now it's out in the open, and and uh, and uh, clearly the, the moral position of the West cannot tolerate what is being done to Iranian women. Um, the second is, and and here I think they've done they've blotted their copybook even more seriously. Is this the supply of uh, the Shahid uh, 136 drones uh, to uh, to Russia and the way they have already been used, killing civilians in Kiev and elsewhere? Uh, this is clearly putting Iran in that category of enemies of the free world term that is coming back into usage somehow. And the third is the, the, the continued uh, indications that they've been lying to the IAEA, that uh, this group of hackers has uncovered more information, some of which is already leaking. Um, you always wonder what intelligence service is behind these hacks, but at the end of the day, uh, the information is piling up indicating that but the Iranians did not negotiate in good now, faith. Now, this, this uh, third point which you just raised uh, is very germane. But the first two um, raise questions because the whole idea, much like during the detente period between the Americans and the Soviets, there was a decision to separate the nuclear basket from all the others, including human rights, because if you tie them all together, you will not get anywhere. So uh, priorities. That, that was the Kissinger approach, which, which gave rise to the neocon protest and, and the, uh, the Reagan movement, which transformed that very... Uh, yes, but, but the start strategy. talks and salt and start, um, uh, they, they uh, were premised on the idea that uh, the nuclear issue uh, is uppermost. The entire world can go up uh, in smoke. So let's deal with that and not wait until everything is, is being uh, reformed. And um, in 2015, actually, earlier, it started in 2013, perhaps even earlier, there was a decision by the West with Russia and China uh, signing on to this idea, uh, even though we want the ballistic missiles and other issues solved, we should focus first and foremost on the nuclear idea. And uh, the, um, um, the wish was to get a deal which is going to serve the interests of both sides. Now you are uh, describing the latest uh, round as if the other parties were catering to the Iranians and now uh, they will, will withhold the uh, agreement so as not to help the Iranians while it was supposed to be um, in the other uh, side's interest. And by the way, only earlier this week, a few days ago, uh, Defense Minister Benny Gantz 
in in a speech, of course, politically motivated because he himself was part of the group first as chief of staff and then as defense minister in Netanyahu's government, uh, attacked uh, the former prime minister's approach of uh, goading uh, the Americans to um, abort uh, the deal uh, without doing anything else. Ah, that's the other side of it. You know, you know, What about to, plan B? Yes, but but in any in any event, the, the irony is that uh, Netanyahu stood against the agreement, and the agreement was actually uh, reached. It was never signed. We always say yes. signed. It was not signed, but it was reached. Whereas this government went uh, the other way, playing it softly uh, in in Washington, and actually managed to move the needle just about enough. Yes, well, we don't need to rehash the, the entire argument over whether um, the United States, not Israel, Israel uh, was just an interested observer, but um, whether uh, seven years ago, uh, seven and a half years ago, July of 2015, uh, it was better for Israel, in Israel's interest, to have a flawed Uh, deal uh, reached at or no deal at all but uh, so let's let's uh, not try to to uh, read history or rewrite it let's look as, to the future right what's um, what's your view uh, the, my view is that um, Iran is actually in a very poor negotiating position it's it's a country in serious in serious economic disarray Um The uh, idea that maybe they have leverage now because of the uh, uh, turmoil in the world energy markets did not prove itself so far. Uh, they're still under American sanctions and, uh, and the Europeans and the Americans have other ways of closing the gap in, in energy supply. Uh, they are discredited uh, in terms of their moral legitimacy and so on and so forth, and they've put themselves very clearly into an adversarial position uh, from the point of view of this, the American administration, not to mention the Republicans who may have a, a majority in, in, in Congress uh, come November 9th. So you put all of this together and yes, there may be a way to bring them back to the table, but it will not be on their terms. And since this is a, a leadership in Iran, which is finding it very difficult to compromise, what, what it looks like, uh, as, uh, as our competitors, uh, JSS uh, competitors in the INSS put it, 2023 may be the year of confrontation. It may, we, are may, we may be sliding towards a situation where a plan B, not to mention a plan C, which is a kind of uh, all-out assault, but a plan B of active, aggressive uh, action to, to de derail the Iranian project uh, may be the order of the day in both Washington. Yeah, we and, will. And I would say Jerusalem, we all know where the decisions will be made in Israel from Tel Aviv. If, uh, if you look... Uh, its environment. If you look at your old calendars from uh, 2009, 2011, 2012, these were the so-called years of decision Years have uh, come and gone, no decisions, uh, but maybe, maybe next uh, year. Uh, the, the numbers uh, are now much clearer. Uh, at the time, this was but, a, but uh, Iran, Iran, a future prospect. Now 90% is maybe a matter of weeks or months. Now, you mentioned the word moral. 
And obviously, the Biden administration, a democratic uh, administration, uh, and even more than uh, in the past, uh, at least uh, partly beholden to the so-called progressive uh, elements in the Democratic Party, must uh, at least uh, show a value-based foreign policy. And we saw what happened with Saudi Arabia. True enough. Um, so why, why should we believe that the um, abhorrent treatment that um, Persian women, children, the elderly, all, all protesters get from the hands of the uh, brutal regime will um, cause the Biden administration to deviate from its strategic plan if it has one? Well, I, I think... It's, it's the confluence of several factors. There's, there's this uh, in, the intensity of, of protest and the, the lingering sense of, of guilt or missed opportunity in Washington about 2009 when there was a, a major uptick in, in uh, public uh, protest in Iran and the administration, the Obama administration in its very early stages uh, basically just shook it off and offered... Uh, its hand to the Iranians, uh, if they would uh, open their fist into a hand, they would shake it. And uh, looking back at it, it looks like a missed opportunity to uh, seriously uh, undermine uh, a regime which uh, is recognized as as evil. And I think the Biden administration um, does have people in key positions who bear this in mind. And let's not repeat this mistake. And uh, I, I, th- I think I was struck by the fact that even Rob Malley, the man in, in our minds most identified with the drive to get uh, the JCPOA back on track, uh, is on record uh, now. Uh, first of all, he's, he's being uh, reviled by Iranian protesters as an ally of the regime, but he himself recently has expressed himself against uh, uh, the repression. So uh, I think this this is kicking in, but it wouldn't have had the same effect if Iran did not add insult, uh, injury to insult by actually helping the Russians but, but you know, in the uh, war. It's ironic because um, Iran and the United States, and we are generalizing by saying Iran or the United States, there are various layers, uh, the regime, uh, scholars, the so-called uh, man in the street, uh, whether in Tehran or, or in New York, they look at the same historical event from different perspectives. The Mossadegh well, uh, period in 1953-54, where uh, Mossadegh uh, uh, was not uh, liked by the oil companies, by the British government, by the Eisenhower administration, and uh, they uh, caused his downfall. It was called yeah, Project Ajax. 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 Yes. And, and uh, uh, the Shah, Muhammad Reza, Reza Ferlavi, um, was wo- prevailed upon to be courageous. Yes, uh, he, he, uh, and he stayed in, in power wow. for, for the next uh, 27 uh, years or so, 25 years. Now, for the Iranians, uh, this looks um, as a proof that the Americans, if given a chance, will generate another revolution in Iran. 
1979, what happened uh, with uh, the so-called students overtaking the American embassy, uh, they had this historical memory. For the Americans, uh, this lesson means that First, we shouldn't let the Central Intelligence Agency run foreign policy. And secondly, if uh, we want to be on the good side of the masses in Iran, we shouldn't do it. And thirdly, we don't have enough military power to follow up on any of that. If the revolution does not succeed and the revolutionaries or the subversives call upon us to rescue them. That has been the case in several American interventions from Hungary to Cuba. There was no intervention in Hungary, but but, uh, the rebels believed it. Yes, they expected it. There was was American subversion or... uh, Uh, Propaganda. Propaganda. Yes. Encouragement, incitement. That's true. This is at the end of the Verbal. Yeah, yeah. Who is the senior and ultimately shot himself is because he felt shame for abandoning his people. But at the end of the day, um, these are episodes we know about, but maybe our listeners a bit less so. They'll, the, they'll run, they'll run uh, for the Googles now to <laughs> beef the, up on it. The truth is, um, for most Iranians living today, the Shah, not to mention Mossadegh, is a very vague memory. What they know is this regime has catastrophically failed in every category. The country is corrupt. The country is hungry. The country is shot through with drugs and prostitution. Every moral promise of the revolution has been broken. The bunyans, the economic structures of the IRGC, are bleeding the country dry. This is what most Iranians know now. It it, it corresponds to other uh, issues which are rising because... uh, uh, memory fades. We've seen in among the Palestinians in northern Samaria, in, in Lamplos. Each, each generation. A generation years, that yeah. no longer remembers even 20, 20, 2005 is for them a very vague memory by now, 17 years later. Um, they are asking themselves, why shouldn't we challenge the Israelis? The lessons that were learned by a previous generation are fading. In Lebanon, how many people care about the Israeli occupation? What they care about is there's two hours of electricity a day. So the, 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 even Hezbollah cannot stand in the way of an agreement that may but, wh- help but them why, get out of that situation. Why don't the Iranians have a Valenza, a Havel, some opposition figure, whether moral or labor leader, um, around whom they can coalesce against the regime? Well, um, in 2009, it did look as if Karubi and, and, and a few group of others And could, they came from the regime. And they came from within the regime. But that, that again could happen. I would just venture one guess about the future. When the explosion, the big explosion comes, it will not be a linear event with the regime just slowly sinking. Something from within, um, as happened in 2011 in a number of Arab countries, uh, something will, will crack. The, uh, perhaps the uh, military would refuse to shoot. Perhaps even the IRGC, um, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, 
uh, field troops, not the elite, not the uh, chosen. Uh, but you know, uh, you, me- you mentioned. But the, the regular troops will refuse to shoot their own. Now, and at that moment, the regime is gone. So, so this um, bears uh, some explanation. In many Arab countries, and we remember that uh, the late 40s and then the 50s and and, uh, at least until the mid-60s in Libya, uh, even the early 70s, there was a period of coups, mostly by military officers or juntas. And because uh, some of the um, leaders of these coups knew very well that some junior officer is now plotting against them, there was, there started this custom of having several militaries. In addition to the armor right. troops, there will be the chemical warfare troops. In addition to the regular army, there will be the um, uh, Republican Guard. And Not it, to mention 12 intelligence organizations and, spying right, on each other. And against the Republican Guard, there will be the presidential guard, <laughs> and so on and, and so forth. Now, um, is there, and this is the reason why the uh, Islamic Republic, in addition to uh, the regular army um, of Iran, which they inherited uh, from, uh, from the Shah, they created the Republican Guard and the Basij. Indeed. What, what is, by the way, and, and uh, in Saudi Arabia it's the same, the National Guard uh, is separate from, yeah. from the army. So what is this chance that the the Artash, the the regular, regular military. Iranian military, will uh, go to war against the brethren, the Republican gods? We don't really know. We don't really know what would be the trigger if they are ordered. In in seventeen, the reason the Shah had to leave is that his regular military refused to shoot his people. The moment this happened, but they did not. Revolt. They they uh, uh, decided they, to to become passive, right. but they did not uh, go over to the other side until very late in the game. Right. So we don't know how, what the dynamic might be in a regime that is losing its legitimacy for a variety of reasons. So this is what we are we're looking at. Let's not forget that other things are happening in our region. Uh, perhaps the most dramatic uh, um, issue uh, on debate in in Israel has been the agreement with Lebanon. Uh, A fascinating story to give credit to the point uh, of view of the detractors led by uh, former Prime Minister Netanyahu, of course, in a political context in the run-up to the uh, first November elections. But he was saying Israel gave up uh, 100% to the uh, original Lebanese demand for the line 23, which the Lebanese drew, which, is, which happens to be true. However, uh, on the other side, you can argue that uh, to give up about uh, 400 or less square kilometers of salt water, because Israel, was already, under him, has already agreed to negotiate with the, through the Americans on the basis of a compromise line, not the original line one, that Israel drew. So 400 square kilometers of salt water uh, uh, are an act of generosity justified by the need for us to help stabilize Lebanon against the misery of current Lebanese existence. And and no company would have inserted itself into these fields anyway under conditions of conflict. So on pure economic and long-term strategic reasons, 
this would have happened regardless of Hezbollah's presumed threat. So Hezbollah basically just jumped on the wagon sh- to, to show itself as uh, you know, the protector of Lebanon. Well, it's a lie. But you know, Iran, if we don't express opposite views, um, the... Um, show uh, will could, be, uh, could be vo- more boring very <laughs> very boring but but um, at at the uh, risk of that um, we could uh, go even further and juxtapose the Versailles idea of uh, giving um, first world war Germany a very harsh treatment with the Marshall Truman Marshall well, ideas of How, how do you help Europe, including Germany, divided Germany at the time, but uh, Western, the Federal Republic of Germany? Uh, uh, yes, and, and even contribute from your own economy in giving them a security umbrella uh, at your expense uh, so that their economies uh, can revive. And the same happened with Japan. That's, uh, th- frankly, I just wrote a piece for the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy I read your Security, mind. Uh, um, challenging other opinions from within. We, are, we have a, a plurality of views on this. And I, I quoted Churchill's um, slogans that... that uh, in that, victory magnanimous. In victory magnanimity. Now, we haven't, uh, we didn't defeat Lebanon. Lebanon has thoroughly, systematically defeated itself. But magnanimity is not a bad strategy under the circumstances. It costs us no, not a, a brass farthing that we could have had under conditions of conflict. And it does create a, a win-win mutual interest situation. And we It's need win-win because they have a lot to lose. Yes. And then we, and, and what we need to do now is to find ways to remind the Lebanese people that the entire Hezbollah proposition, that they are the defenders of Lebanon, is a lie from the beginning to the end. They say they drove us out of South Lebanon, and I say we would have left 15 years earlier if they were not there. And we, in a few days, we are going to have elections here in Israel, and we only have a minute here. Can you sum up, in your view, what is Israel's strategic position right now in the Middle East, Is it good, fair? Uh, has it um, um, suffered reversals? In, in a few words. Now, I have to say, Israel today is in a stronger position, probably, as they say, stronger than ever. Uh, even the Lebanese uh, agreement indicates that. True, we have difficulties uh, around the, the Palestinian The disintegration of the Palestinian Authority is a challenge. Relations with Jordan are complicated. But on the other hand, for example, Egypt is more aligned with Israeli interests than ever on gas, on security, on terrorism. Jordan too? Jordan to some. In, it's a, it's a like Janus face. They look both sides of the... Uh, to, they, they curse us and they shake our hand. But, but we have peace with them. And the peace holds. Turkey is courting Israel. The Iranians have put themselves in a serious bind uh, vis-a-vis the West. And the economic and, and, and uh, let's say, strategic value of Israel has been enhanced by the war in Ukraine to an unprecedented degree. Which is why some people would say that Israel provoked it. No, but this is uh, just uh, um, <laughs> a joke uh, along the elders of Zion. Uh, Dr. 
retired Colonel Ron Lerman. Thank you. In a month time, you will sit here with Danny Ayalon, uh, hopefully, hopefully with a new Israeli government being formed, looking back and forward. So for the time being, thank you. And we, or they, will be back with another edition of Middle East Review in a few weeks' time. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media. 